the plague. It's 2020. 1820, no, 1920, 2020. There's a plague. There's been plagues every every century. And um, we're, Yo, it's we're, the year of the rat. We're a ticking time bomb for the bubonic super plague. Because I'm going to say, like, we got some random shit now that they didn't have back in the 1820s. Right? We got some asbestos. Look, we asbestos survived. Rats? We survived Ebola and the swine flu. But Ebola didn't really reach us, though. If we ha- if we survived Ebola-, Ebola and the swine flu. <laughs> uh, but the bubonic plague. Round two. Neither. Bubonic Round plague two. two. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> electric boogaloo. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fast Pass, the history podcast. <laughs> Every time I do this, you end up laughing. <laughs> It gets better every time. Every single time. This is 17 episodes in. <laughs> let's, let's just roll with it. Let's just roll with it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fast Pass, the history podcast in close to 30 minutes or less. As always, I'm Megan. And I'm Jason. And today we're talking, we're, whoa, we're talking, but we are talking and we're taking an artistic turn while we talk about a man that cut off his own ear. Huh? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Vincent Can Go. Vincent Van No. Vincent Sand, though. Vincent Manho. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll give you that one. That was good. That was good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. We can have fun here on Fast Past. Boom, pa! <laughs> so, Vincent Van Gogh was born... Was born... Born? What, what in the heck am I? So, Vincent Van Gogh was born Vincent... Willem? Willem, Willem Van Gogh. <laughs> Not William, Willem, like Willem Dafoe, but Willem, Willem Van Gogh. <laughs> oh, God. So, so Willem Dafoe was born in the village, <laughs> village of Sundert in the Netherlands on March 30th in 1853. Hmm. His father was Theodorus Van Gogh and his mother, Anna Carbentis. 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 A woman's name in history. Whoa. Well, it's getting closer to the time where people actually care about individuals as they are, so they're actually writing things down. I mean, do we even really care about individuals as they are today? No, but we're we're remembering (laughs) their names now. That's true. We have written things down. Yeah. So his father was a pastor in a Dutch Reformed church, and his mother was an artist who drew painted wallflowers. Wildflowers. Whoa. Um, But her art was just a hobby. Runs in the family. For sure. Now, although his family wasn't wealthy, they still sent him to a boarding school when he was 11 because they thought the public school was, quote, inadequate. Good call. School wasn't really for Vincent, though, because a few years later, uh, he left school in the middle of the term and just returned home. He was like, not for me, man. Good call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But since he wasn't in school, he had to find something to do. So he apprenticed for his uncle who operated a major art dealership in Paris called Gopal & Co., Gopal? It probably sounds Goopal? better, like with a French like accent. Probably. Goopal? I've just been looking at it and thinking goop. Goopal. Goopal. Oh, think of goop from uh, goop from uh, Meet, Meet the, the Robinsons. Robinsons. <laughs> goop. Goop. But okay, little fun tidbit. Vincent's brother Theo named little brother little brother named after his father Theo. Pro- probably. Probably. Also apprenticed for his uncle, but got sent to another office. So they sent letters to each other, around 670 letters, which is a, a, a lot. lot. Uh, Theo preserved all of them, which is extremely great for historians and heart, art historians alike. Did I just say heart? You did. Heart historians alike, <laughs> uh, because that's the truest a person can be in their letters. 
However, Vincent only kept like a handful of Theo's letters to him, so Oof. clearly one of the brothers cared more. <laughs> Yike. Now, Vincent liked to read a lot. And it was actually pretty early on that Vincent became obsessed with love and finding himself a serious but sensitive woman. Aren't we all? Vincent Van No, bitch. I'm going to say Vincent Van Yo. <laughs> now, his first encounter with this type of woman was Eugenia Lawyer. Now, the humanistart.org says that he quickly made up a relationship between him and her in his head. It was all one-sided and fantasy. So it was a full-on parasocial relationship. It's it, like, I love you, but I don't know you. I love much. the idea of you. He loved the idea of this woman. Mm. Um, how he actually got up the nerve to, like, tell her that he loved her. Ballsy. Um, but she was actually secretly engaged to someone else. Which is like, <laughs> that's a oh, you. Damn. Jason, I've been in love with you in my head for like months. I'm married. Okay, cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how it went. And obviously he was not happy with this. Um, and he straight up refused to accept it. That's like, we'd be like, no, you're not, bitch. But, but I am. I don't see a ring. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. But but they did. It's just, <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to hide it from people because it's like too expensive of a ring and get robbed. And just like this little exchange, it became very awkward between oh, yeah. the two. Oh, yeah. Very awkward situation. And it took him a very long time to get over that love of his. But not only did he lose the interest of this woman, but he also lost interest in his work as an art person. Oh, no. Oh, no. He was transferred to Paris because they thought maybe London wasn't stimulating enough for him. Uh, but uh, that wasn't the case because when he went to Paris, he just left to visit his family in 1875 without permission and was subsequently fired from his art job. Take that art. His life then took a religious turn. He taught for no pay, by the way, in a religious school. It was here that he suffered one of his many nervous mental breakdowns. Same. Same. School does that to me, too. Now, his letters to Le to Wow, I did say Leo, you're right. Mm -hmm. Now, his letters to Theo became near hysterical. But still, he went on to school to be a religious person, studied for a year, but failed out because he didn't pass the courses he needed, which I think one was like Latin. Wasn't that smart, I guess. So Same. instead, he was like, how can I remedy this? Mission trip. So he Always went a fallback. <laughs> fallback. So he went on a mission trip to Borinage. 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 Uh, this also did not work out for him. Like, he went there, and then he was let go. There's actually documentation. How do you, let, how do you get let go from a missions trip? I, I guess, like, it was a missions trip to eventually become a bigger part of the church. But, like, there's literally documentation from the people that went there that was like, he's really enthusiastic. But that's about it. Like, he means well. It's like when you're like, oh, but... oh honey. And then you just keep walking away. Like, Here's a participation trophy. <laughs> didn't even get man. He straight up got let go. Um, and that was pretty devastating to him. But he decided to stay in the area to help uh, the coal miners who were in horrible, quote, slave-like working conditions. Hmm. So this was when he actually began to draw at first. Uh, he took inspiration from the people around him. And it was actually one of the coal miners. One of his first drawings is of this horrible, slave-like working conditions coal miner. Hmm. Then he wrote to Theo about a year while he was there, quote, There is the idle man who is idle in spite of himself, who is inwardly consumed by a great longing for action but does nothing, 
because it is impossible for him to do anything, because he seems to be imprisoned in some cage, because he does not possess what he needs to become productive, because circumstances bring him inevitably to that point. Such a man does not always know what to do, but instinctively feels, I am good for something. My life has purpose after all. I know that could be quite a different man. How can I be useful? What service can I be? If there is something of inside of me. What can I be? Unquote. That was a dramatic reading, by the way. The weirdest part about that <laughs> entire thing is that it's four sentences. Yeah, he likes run-ons. This dude needs to go back to school. Well, he dropped out when he was, like, under 15. He failed English class, and he, like, kind of <laughs> passed art class. And he failed Latin, so I guess he just, he's just not good at the whole language thing. Yikes. Yikes. So, um, ignoring the fact that there was run-ons out the ass, I actually relate to that, especially at this point in my life. Um, it's very transitional, you know, sometimes I empathize with that feeling of like, there's something inside of me, but what can that be? Mm. So Van Gogh went to find himself in the only way he thought possible, a pilgrimage. Oh God, no, this doesn't end well. Just like Rasputin, you know. Exactly. He started a cult. I mean, Van Gogh did not start a cult, so. Oh, okay. That's That's a plus. So he went to Corrieres, France. Did I pronounce that right? Corrier? Corrier? Corrieres? I'm not French. Okay, so he went to Corrieres, France. Um, it was here that he wrote Theo about drawing again. He said, quote, Well, even in that deep misery, I felt my energy revive, and I said to myself, in spite of everything, I shall rise again. I will take up my pencil, which I have forsaken in my great discouragement, and I will go on with my drawing, unquote. He wrote this letter in 1880. Well, we finally, Vincent Van got there. Haha, <laughs> but I'm... Sh- Hey. <laughs> now, in 1881, he showed his cousin, another artist, Anton Mauve. His stuff is awesome. Yeah, he showed him his work, and Anton Mauve was like, this is really good, and encouraged him to continue creating. Then Vincent fell in love with his cousin that same summer, who rejected him, um, but it was that romantic love that made him decide to get a prostitute. Hold, pause. Take, take it back. Wait. He what? fell in love with his cousin? He fell in love with his cousin. He re- she rejected him. He fell in love with his cousin. One. Yes, yes. What? <laughs> I don't know. It was a different time. And then second, prostitute? Uh, like, yeah. Like so, he fell in love with a prostitute or he's just trying to like hook up with a prostitute? Well, he was at that age, I guess, where he was like, I kind of want to have sex. And he even wrote in a letter that he wanted to, quote, be with a woman. So if you can't get a woman to sleep with you, you might as well pay her to sleep with you. And that's what he did. But problem is, he mistook this paid love for actual love, and then he moved in with this prostitute around Christmas time that same year. Oh, God. Awkward family reunion, huh? Just just as soon as he gets home, here, Christmas dad, uh, meet my prostitute girlfriend, (laughs) although she doesn't actually love me. Um, (laughs) I just pay her to. (laughs) Help me. (laughs) So this is where he starts to get weird. Starts? Starts to get weird? My poor man, my poor, my poor man, Vincent. Parasocial relationship cuts off, <laughs> like, cuts off his ear. We haven't gotten there yet. We haven't Vincent Van got there. I'm sorry. Yeah, we haven't Vincent Van got there. Vincent Van. So parasocial it. relationship, falls in love with his cousin, yeah. is dating a prostitute who doesn't love him back. Yeah. And now it starts to get weird. Well, so he ended up having a falling out with that cousin Anton Mov. And then he wrote to Theo about taking in a pregnant woman no. who had been left by her mans, right? Oh. Yeah, so he did pay her a model fee um, and then let her sleep in his bed. 
they fucked. Of course they he did. He got gonorrhea. <laughs> of course he did. But he recovered from that. Um, and she was actually the model for his drawing called Sorrow. It was that summer that he really got into art, though. He wrote Theo saying, quote, I want you to understand clearly my conception of art. One must work long and hard to grasp the essence. What I want and aim at is confoundedly difficult, and yet I do not think I, am, I aim too high. I want to do drawings that touch people. Sorrow, which is the pregnant woman drawing, is a small beginning. In those, there is at least something straight from my own heart. In either figure or landscape, I should wish to express not sentimental melancholy, but serious sorrow. In short, I want to progress so far that people will say of my work, he feels deeply, he feels tenderly, notwithstanding my so-called roughness, perhaps even because of it. Deep. Fake deep, kind of. Like diving headfirst into a kiddie pool deep. I feel like it's freshman year of high school deep where everything we did in class was like really... Re- so, aggressively so sad very angsty and like oh wow this speaks so deeply to me but when you look back it's like oh that was so cringe yeah. oh god why did i say that but now like vincent van gogh is one of my favorite artists and when his starry night came to the moma i had to see it and let me tell you i did feel something i pause, pause. what's the moma the Mo- museum of modern art in new york uh, city got it oh right some pe- yes the museum of modern art in new york city so i stood there staring and it, it really just took me somewhere did so it take I, you to the MoMA? So I think I got out of it what he intended. <laughs> when I see his work, it really does touch me, not just his portraits, but his landscape stuff too. There's soul in it. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1885, Van Gogh went to get some proper training from an academy in Antwerp. Here he fell in love with the artist's work. His name was Peter Paul Rubens. As oh, so well he fell as in love with his work, not him. N- not him. And uh, he also fell in love with... an interesting transition. It would be. It would be. He, uh, He's a mess. From some random lady who's engaged to his cousin to a prostitute to, to some pregnant other woman to dude. this guy. Yeah. But he also fell in love with Japanese prince. Ah. So in 1886, he uh, he went to live with his brother, Theo. Hmm. Well, thanks. Thanks, Theo, for feeding this man's... Uh, artistic career? Ar- artistic career. Letting him mooch off of you and just not getting a goddamn job and being <laughs> useful i mean he made great art sure but yeah see total theo, mooch yeah total no total mooch his parents and ended up later theo funded him for the majority of his life if it weren't for theo van gogh would have never even become who he was i mean theo was the one who encouraged him to get into art and he was too good of a person he is he's such a like a genuinely good soul love when we stumble upon them in history mm. and uh Van Gogh living with Theo wasn't exactly a cakewalk. Theo wrote that, quote, Oh man, poor Theo. My home life is almost unbearable. Rip. No one wants to come and see me anymore because it always ends in quarrels. And besides, he's so untidy that the room looks far from attractive. I wish he would go and live by himself. Goddamn. He sometimes mentions it, but if I were to tell him to go away, it would just give him reasons to stay. Oh snap. And it seems I do him no good. I only ask one thing of him. To do me no harm. No harm. Yet, by his staying, he does so. Oh, damn. For I can hardly bear it. It is as if he were two persons. One, marvelously gifted, tender and refined. Tender. The other, egotistic and hard-hearted. Mm-hmm. They present themselves in turn so that one hears him talk first one way, and then the other. And always with arguments on both sides. Goddamn. Like... <laughs> he's like, he's literally, he's like, my brother is a bipolar, bipolar epileptic, schizophrenic. schizophrenic. It's like... 
I don't know who I'm talking to because it could be the same person from five minutes ago or suddenly it's like an entirely different person. It's like, what the fuck? And the fact that he doesn't keep the place tidy. He's living in somebody else's house. For free. For free. For free. You got to take care of the house, man. I know. It should be that simple. Um, Just just leave your brother the fuck alone at this point. Artists, though, am I right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Artists, man. But in Paris, with his brother, Van Gogh really started to find himself artistically refined it. He opted for a warmer color palette than he usually did, and he started drawing flowers. Hmm. He was inspired by Impressionist techniques, and he also studied the Japanese print art that he was so fond of. Ah, good for him. Going back to school, kind of, studying. He'd been in and out of school his whole life. Fair. In 1888, he moved to Arles and began to paint more. He did portraits, scenes in wheat fields, and flowers. He decided not to try to sell his work until he had his top 30 paintings. That's when he would go big. Okay. All in all, though, he really just wanted other artists to move to Arles with him and make like a little community. Literally every artist wants that. Of course. Like it doesn't even matter what field of art you're in. All artists want that. We all want that same. I, there's the, the, like an the energy community, from the camaraderie, like yeah. the, the creativity flowing from one person to another. Everyone's looking for that kind of wholesome community, energy. The, the circle, the energy, yeah. the vibe, vibe check. Vibe check. Um, but toward the end of this year, he actually got sick. Now, he had been struggling with a type of epilepsy that caused him to have delusions and psychotic episodes, and it got pretty bad around this time. Mm. Uh, it was during this time that he actually had a seizure and cut off his left earlobe. There it is. There it is. There it is. It was because of a delusional psychotic epilepsy episode. So it wasn't him cutting it off to send to the love of his life. Which one? The prostitute? The pregnant woman? His cousin? I think it was his cousin. Or Eugenia. I don't, I someone. <laughs> so he checked himself into an asylum willingly, though, um, and in that asylum he kept creating. His brother actually succeeded in having some of his work included in a uh, the Salon de Independence, which got people to come and see his work. Good brother. Good, solid brother. Wholesome. Heck yeah, Theo. And this inspired him to make some of his most famous work. Mm. Now, in 1890, just when he was gaining some exposure... He started to lose his passion for art. Paint was expensive. Yep. His paintings weren't selling. Mm-hmm. And he was also really struggling with his mental health at this time and had several attacks of his illness in the summer of 1889. He wrote to his brother, quote, I feel a failure. That's a mood. That's it as far as I'm concerned. I feel this is the destiny I accept that will never change. Which is just really sad because his work is really good. Yeah. And in 19... I mean, wow... And in 1890, he was shot in the stomach, and he died on July 29th, 1890. There ended the life of Vincent Van Gogh. He's Vincent Van no more. Vincent Van Gogh. That's so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Now, just an interesting tidbit on his death before we leave you. While it was assumed for a long time to be a suicide, some research shows that the death might have actually been an accident. There's a whole BuzzFeed Unsolved episode on this, um, as well as a part in this book called Van Gogh, The Life, in which the author argues that he was shot accidentally by two boys he knew who who knew he had a malfunctioning gun. How? How did they know he had a malfunctioning gun? Well, these two kids like to pick on him because he was different. Ah, uh, yes, he had, this like, guy has some type of mental something. Let's pick on the crazy person. So basically, he went out to this wheat field with paints and stuff, to paint Mm -hmm. and then he came back without any of his art supplies 
clutching his freaking stomach. So he got robbed. And mine, yeah. Uh, I, he didn't get robbed. I don't think they intended to, like, shoot him and take his stuff. I think they intended to torture him. Crime of passion. It's not a... The, they were, like, seven and nine years old. Boys will be boys. Oh, my God. But, yeah. It gets so, worse and worse. I've got more comments. <laughs> But it was thought, I think at least, that he covered for these boys to not get them in trouble because for half of his life when he was in that coal mining era, he literally was so selfless to help these people. I think that part of him was still there. Because, like, you could literally be on deathbed and be like, Jimmy fucking shot me. And they'd be like, all right, let's get Jimmy. Like, let's all fucking right, hang we'll, this let's bitch. Let's fuck up Jimmy. Like, so, but instead he's decided to keep himself. He's like, no, 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 it's, I did it. And there's, like, a letter in his pocket as well, like, talking to Theo that he never ended up sending. There's, like, some weird, conflicting information. I totally think you should watch the BuzzFeed Unsolved. It's very comprehensive. What confuses the shit out of me is people are thinking this is a suicide, but he shot himself in the stomach. Who the fuck shoots themselves in the stomach? And, like, he bled out for hours. They actually thought he was going to, like, survive at about 12 o'clock, and then he Mm. just fucking died, which sucks. You're like, oh, you're feeling better? He's like, yeah, I am. I think I'm starting to get better. And then just, no, not flatline. Goddamn. So, yeah, the rest um, is history. As depressing as that is, I <laughs> uh, just wanted to let you know that he sold one painting in his lifetime Only for one. 400 francs. The Blossoming Almond Tree is what it's called. But uh, Theo's wife actually promoted her brother-in-law's work because Theo died six months after Vincent. Yeah, of, a kidney, of kidney problems. Kidney problems. They just couldn't, he couldn't stand to live without Vincent. Oh, uh, that's oh. why his heart didn't break and it was his kidney instead. <laughs> 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 that's fucked up it is um anyways he became very popular in the mid 1900s and onward in fact his painting uh, irises was sold at an auction in 1987 for 53.9 million dollars maybe he wouldn't got shot if he had money no he probably would have got no, he shot still more got if he shot. got money yeah 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 just for a different reason yeah and that like the 53.9 million was the highest price ever paid for a painting at that time However, later in 1990, his painting, Portrait of Dr. Gachet, Gashet, something, sold for an even higher price of $82.5 million. If Holy only, crap. That's so much money. I think his paintings are so incredible. If only he'd been recognized while he was alive, he wouldn't have had that like feeling of inadequacy. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably. But then again, uh, the thing with mental illnesses, you don't always believe what other people tell you. That's true. Unless it's negative. Wow, that's a negative place to leave this. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any requests, as always, request them. You can do that two ways. First is DMing us on Twitter, at FastPast1. I decided, now episode 17, that our Twitter is going to have a historical meme of the day. Of the day. Of the day. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm. Let's go dedicated. history memes. Let's do this. Let's go history memes. That's what it's going to be dedicated to. But if you, like, we have a viewer that actually recommended something for us and we're gonna do it yeah you can dm us there or you can email us at, at fatpasspodcast at gmail.com also if you want any sources for any of the episodes we do so you can cite us in scholarly papers hit us up hit us up and uh, until next time uh bye that was so depressing i know i don't totally know why shouldn't have ended it on a low note i don't know what, what high note could we have he shot himself in this he shot himself. <laughs> that's, a, that's a positive. Um, he he got off his ear. Uh, what part of his life was fun? His painting sold. That was the only good part. That's why I ended it that way. He sold paintings. Uh, he felt compassion for people. 
He moved out of Theo's house. He finally moved out of Theo. But Theo missed him at the end of his life. He actually like, sent him a letter and was like, hey, bro, I miss you. Aw, that sucks. <laughs> now it's back to being sad. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, How about you just listen to the drunk podcast and make yourself happy? Yeah, there's going to be another one on the way relatively soon. Yep. I don't know when the fuck that was going to be. Valentine's probably. Day. Uh, sh- 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 oh, you can don't tell that. people that. You can. Valentine's Day. Okay. Damn it. Uh, see you next time. <laughs> Again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>